in the world of anime, there are a lot of sad backstories, but there are none other than one such as My Hero Academia, where there are many characters that suffer very tragic backstories. However, with this episode, it was pretty hard for me to choose some characters that had tragic backstories, so I had to pick a best 10 to be able to go over, which is what this episode will be about today. So, for those of you who are up to hear any feels for this episode, I hope you're ready because for this episode of the Nerfix, I hope this is one that many of you would be able to endure. I'm Jay with the Nerdfix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything, and anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. And in this episode, we're going to be counting down the top 10 most tragic backstories in My Hero Academia. So, let's get into it. Number 10 would be the main character of My Hero Academia himself, Izuka Midoriya, or better known as Deku. Now, this is really crazy for someone as Deku to have a tragic backstory, but with someone like him being on this list, this pretty much makes sense. He was born without a quirk, and his dreams of becoming a professional hero makes it pretty much dashed and what makes him more upsetting his his childhood friend Bakugo constantly bullies him because of him not being quirkless and with him having a lack of a quirk it makes it more that his own that Bakugo's feelings for this has this um towards uh, feelings of inferiority and it makes it feel like that he has to constantly deal with with this all the more that he may never become the the number one pro hero that he saws to be, becoming the one that he looks up to, with that being his idol, All Might. Plus, he has he lives with his mother, and his father isn't around much of his life, even in his childhood. Though, we don't even know much about what his relationship with his father, though, it's why with the mentorship that we see with with All Might, this is basically the father figure that was much needed in Deku's life and why this is something that basically is needed of how he is currently the character we see today. And although this isn't really much of a tragic backstory for Deku, I will consider this being in number 10 in the number 10 spot for him because this is some character that he has dreams, aspirations of becoming a someone who wants to be a number one hero but he based those were dashed the moment it was discovered that he was quirkless and felt that he would never be able to achieve that dream and kept on being constantly bullied by Bakugo for this but he did get that chance as he slowly is getting up to the ranks and currently as of the manga things are really starting to heat up but currently I'm curious to see how things are going to go but without further ado Let's get on to number 
Coming in at number 9 is actually a tie. It is Gentle Criminal and La Brava. Now, this is basically, as I said, is a tie because I couldn't separate the two as both of these two characters have equally their own tragic backstories. Now, for for the first one, Gentle Criminal, better known as Danjiro Tobita, he basically has a bit of a tragic backstory. In the beginning, when he was a young man, and he wanted to become a hero, but because his grades were not the greatest, he didn't seem to have what it takes to become a hero, and really wanted to, and even though he tried to, he had been advised to basically just to drop out and to just look into doing something else and not to continue on with his operations becoming a dream. But one day he tried to use his quirk to help someone who was fall who was falling, but it ended up preventing him from getting the the license his actual license hero from doing from doing so and caused the victim and caused the victim to be injured instead. And because of all of this, and with him trying to be the hero, his parents kicked him out and realized that his future of wanting to be the hero has basically been crushed. And this alone basically is what caused him to become a villain, which alone, even with him trying to become a hero and all of this was just a huge misunderstanding of him trying to do what he can to help others. It's just basically just what caused him to slip and to fall and become a villain. As for La Brava, he, this is what caused him to meet her, as she was mocked by her classmates for writing a love letter, and because of the damage that was caused from this, this caused her to wanting to end her own life, and both of them were so were so lonely from what they have struggled, they were able to buy a solace, a solace in one another. Which, both of them, because of their own tragic backstories, is how I have to say that both of them are both tragic, are both tragic villains in one way or another because of both what they had to go through, and especially what, when their introductions were shown. And honestly, even though I can't be too upset with them because of what they've gone through, it's hard to even be upset with why they became vil villains and basically have a bit of a softer side for them. But now, with them out of the way, time to talk about number 8. Coming in at number 8 is Himiko Toga. Now, this is pretty interesting with Himiko Toga's backstory as this one is pretty is pretty upsetting in one way than one. As her backstory is basically trying to fight her the true nature of her character because of her quirk being blood-based, being found that blood and pain is both both beautiful even when most people find it to be creepy. Her parents first noticed this side of her when she was a child and were repulsed and forced her to repress these, this tendency when it came to her 
finding a dead bird and she was basically finding excitement and joy out of this and with this she was able to do this for years but until one day she saw a male classmate fighting and with that she got excited and became obsessed with romantically obsessed with the boy for some odd reason i don't know why but she then cut him with a box cutter and drank his blood which in one ways i don't understand what her definition or meaning of love is but just basically is the catalyst of the idea of her trying to fight her true nature but doesn't even know how to control that and in order to avoid the police she she committed several more cruelties before joining the the league of villains as after running away and with because of her questionable villainous nature it is quite tragic because she was she was born with unquestionable impulses and that she's unable to control and was given no help with dealing with them and because of this herself that she has to deal with if her parents had helped her out with this she wouldn't become maybe instead there would have been some other benefits to what could have been done with that quirk instead of her becoming a villain that people are fearing her as currently but i can do have some sympathy for her though with what has happened in the recent chapters of my hero academia especially with Toga, i kind of question a little bit about her but then again it's still a bit tragic and a bit upsetting about what she had to go through especially with her trying to repress her true self because it is a bit sad of what she had to go through but with this about her it's not as tragic as the next person coming in at number seven Coming in at number 7 is Twice. So for anybody who knows or are familiar with Twice, he's basically a villain from the League of Villains who basically is familiar to that of the personality traits similar to that of Deadpool. Now basically if anyone is familiar with Twice's backstory, he basically had a bit of a rough start. When he was only just a kid, his parents were basically killed by a villain and he basically had to support had to work to basically support himself however a gig that he basically found didn't last long and basically hit a, rel a relative of an important client with a motorcycle and not only was fired but gained a criminal a criminal record after what he did now with after the events that he just caused in order to deal with the stress and loneliness, he started using his quirk to create copies of himself. And in the first point of doing so, he thought that this was an amazing idea. It was amazing, and he had people to talk to, and was able to get a lot done. But as this continued on, this one, uh, this did not go well. Making many copies of uh, that 
basically have his identity wavered and he was no longer able to tell who basically was the real him and basically when all these things came with all those clones we had fighting and basically wiped each other out basically leaving him by himself immensely broken so after with all these clones for himself he basically began to basically be a mental shell of himself and now at the point where he doesn't even know of who is the real him and it's basically tragic where at the beginning as a kid he had a rough start now to the point where he's mentally broken which is really hard to think about and for anyone who are anime fans out there for my academia i don't want to spoil anything about what happens to twice because other than that i'd rather you see what happens afterwards other than that you probably already know what happens to him because and that it's kind of tragic for him but with that let's move on to number six coming in at number six we have kota izumi now with Kota, when he first made his appearance in season two, it was said that and when he was only five years old, he was extreme, he was basically depressed and jaded, and this was because his parents had both died when he was when fighting a villain by the name of Muscular, and his parents have sacrificed themselves unnecessarily and chose their careers over him, which is what he basically believed. And when they basically were, they was devastated at the loss of his, at ang basically at the anger of his parents, when he was first introduced to uh, Deku at one point, yeah, the interaction between him and Deku did not go well as basically he socked him in the nuts. Yeah, that was basically an interaction that I don't think it would have gone well. But after the fought, the fight between Deku and Muscular, he basic Deku basically was able to connect with Koda, being able to see that, uh, show him the true meaning of heroism, and was able to under help him out with seeing how what heroism truly is, even to the point where he actually wrote a letter to him and even apologized for punching him in the nuts which i even found that to be a bit funny and not to mention he even bought the same matching shoes that Do deku wears which i find that to be adorable and it's kind of sad that he didn't have a tragic backstory after his parents had died when they fought with the villain muscular but seeing that deku was able to reach out to him and see what true heroism was like was actually a nice way to be able to see that Koda does have a brighter future ahead of him now that he's able to see what the true meaning of heroism is. But with Koda being able, being covered, time to move on to number five.
Coming in at number 5 is Hawks. Who would have thought that the member 2 hero, pro hero at My Hero Academia, someone who is calm, nonchalant, and intelligent, would have a tragic backstory? Well, surprisingly, it's Hawks, but his backstory is pretty upsetting for those who are not familiar with a pro hero. You see, Hawks was born into a family where his parents were trying to hide the trying to hide that his father had taken several people's lives, and in order to keep the Hawks his their son quiet, they try to refuse him to go outside or interact with anyone other than them. And they would verb they would abuse him physically and mentally and their home was basically filled with broken bottles and trash. And basically his happiness and Hawks' base form only form of happiness was from TV shows about heroes who would be believed were fictional until Endeavor came into the picture and captured his father, freeing him from his from the cruelty under his father, who surprisingly he always kept a plush a plush figure of and was his idol all this time. But even but even though that his his father, his parents had new problem, which was basically harboring a future, harboring a future the whole time. They, the whole time they were homeless, and it wasn't until they noticed that Hawks was basically acting, was acting like a hero, and and at that time his mother ended up joining a witness protection program, and while he joined the heroes public safety commissions and was training as a hero at a very young age. And it was that that time you could see of how heroes don't have to do of how he wants to or wants a world where heroes don't have to do anything. And even with everything that Hogs had to go through, it's pretty upsetting of where of the kind of life that he had to go through, especially where his parents didn't want him to expose anything about his father, especially with the kind of person that mainly it basically was stemmed from his mother, or basically his father, basically manipulating his mother, telling them to not tell Hawks to tell anything about his father, or else there would be dire consequences. But seeing that Hawks was able to live past the trauma and was able to become the person he is now, I'm, basically, I'm happy to see that He's basically now the number two hero that we now know and love, which is basically all that I, all I can ask for. But now let's move on to number four. Coming in at number four is Dobby. Now, for anybody who is familiar with Dobby, who is part of the League of Villains, his original name is actually Toya, who is the eldest son of NJ and Rei Todoroki. Now, even though he did not inherit his eyes abilities from his mother, he did inherit her physical fra frailty and ice resistance, and also a version of his father's fire quirk. With, and, but he did not 
include the immunity to fire. And every time he used this quirk, it also does serious damage to his body, causing it to burn all over his body, causing serious injury. And every time he kept using it, it would cause serious damage. And his father made it clear the only way to gain in his love and respect was to be strong and insisted on training even when his parents kept telling him to give up. But things became worse when his youngest, youngest brother Shoto was born. And from that moment, he even tried to kill his youngest brother who was only a baby. And from there, he, it was found that his father never gave him actual emotional support and he could never properly use his quirk and created an environment that was so desperate to become a hero in the first place. And eventually, it got to the point where he perished by overheating his body to 2,000 degrees Celsius or 3,632 two degrees Fahrenheit and he survived and ended up with League of Villains where we see a showdown between him and the Todoroki family which is absolutely mind-blowing to say the least but seeing how this all ended especially with what happened to Toya is just mind-blowing and all of this just to get approval and the love and acceptance from his father is just so much to bear, especially with what Toya had to go through. This is just so much to handle, but it's still a and a bit more comparable to what is said for number three. Coming in at number three is Shoto Todoroki. Now, I've already mentioned about Dobby being at number four, but coming at number three is Shoto Todoroki, who actually has a quirk called Half Hot, Half, Half Cold, which is a combination of both his mother's quirk being an ice quirk and his father's quirk, which is a fire quirk, which is something that his father tried to accomplish by using his mother quirk, his mother's quirk, yeah, using the quirk marriage. So that way he is able to have a child to overcome and to defeat All Might, which, when you think about it, is pretty messed up when, when you think of this. And during the time when he was raising Todoroki, he was emotionally and verbally abusive to his entire family and at times got physical with them as well and pushed and pushed his wife Rei to a breaking point where she splashed Shoto in the face with boiling water and was so afraid of looking at someone who resembled her husband which would explain why he has the mark on his face which for some reason many would have the saying of how he's similar to that of of how he's similar to that of Zuko especially with when the scar or he has on his face and with what she did to Shoto she would end spend the next decade in a psychiatric hospital while he continued while Shoto continued living with his father and he began to despise his father for a minute for a really good reason and refused to use the fires his fireside but eventually decided to stop 
to stop doing so, limiting himself, especially when he fought against against Deku, which actually woke him up and that and actually made him realize that this is who he has to fight for himself, not for who he is supposed to for someone else. And this is basically a wake-up call for him, and I really like how this was done in Season 2, especially how we got to see a growth with, with Todoroki himself. But with all this said and done, I'm really curious to see for who would be coming in at number 2. Coming in at number 2 is Eri. Now, Eri is one character whose backstory is very, very traumatic and messed up, especially for a child. When she was only just a child, she accidentally used her quirk, which is called Rewind, on her father. And she rewound him so far to the point where he no longer existed and basically ending his his life and with her in regarding to her mother she basically had no idea how to deal with her after after what she did and gave her to her grandfather who is a high-ranking Yasuka boss and which according and which like that is basically upsetting and things were not really going well for Harry when she was basically taken in by Kai Chisaki, who, who put her grandfather in a comatose state and started performing painful experiments on her and, in order to create a quirk-destroying drug, which was seen in Season 4. And with this itself, we were able to see of everything that she had to go through, especially with how traumatized and scared she was, and with the mission of trying to save her. And when she was trying to, trying to break free from all the trauma she had to go through, especially when under the control of Kaya Chisuka overhaul, yeah, that was so much to go through. But it wasn't until later on where we finally got to see that she was able to to break out of the darkness that she was able, that she was surrounded in. We finally see a new side of her that she is long able to break out. That she was long surrounded in. That after being saved by, um, by a large crew of pro heroes and taken into life in UA, we got to see that Eri is able to have a chance to be able to have a bright future, which, in more ways than one, is rewarding for someone, especially for someone who has a chance to have a bright future. Coming in at number one is Tomura Shigaraki. Yeah, you all probably saw this one coming. Shigaraki's life basically is the one that has the saddest backstory of all the characters in My Hero Academia. And this all started off when he was just five years old. 
This all started with his father when he began for when he verbally and physically abused him whenever the topic of heroes came up, which was tough for for Shigaraki, who at the time was called Tenko, and he admired heroes so much. But at the time, he was quirkless, and basically, at the time, if a child did not develop a quirk at the time when they reached five, they were deemed quirkless. But had an issue with with his itchiness. But things began worse when his quirk began to manifest, which is a quirk called decay, which destroyed everything he touches. The first per victim of his was his dog called Mon, who he was hugging to comfort himself after a conflict with his father. And the conflict he had with his father was regarding to a picture that was found in the study of his grandmother by the name of Shimaranana, who was the eighth who was one of the holders of of all for of one all for one. Now then now after this after Mon died, the next victim was his sister Hana, who came outside to apologize to to Tenko after what she did. But after seeing the remains of what was their pet dog, she runs to run for it. But Tenko make, tries to grab for her, asking her for help. But as he grabs for her, he notices that she begins to decay and she and she collapses. Then his mother and grandparents step out and he touches the ground and the ground begins to crumple. His, his mother and his grandparents begin to decay. Then his father steps out. Kotaro and notices that everything that he had ever loved is gone and all that's left is his son. He tries to go to his father for help, but he grabs the nearest object and tries to defend himself. But instead, something inside Tenko snaps as he lunges at his father and grabs for his head and uses his quirk and he basically kills his father. And and the home of where his misery and pain manifest. And by the time after he killed his father, the itch was gone. After he killed his family, he was basically an orphan, and nobody paid him much mind, but someone basically took him in, which was all for one, who took him under his wing and adopted him as his heir. And although he basically was a nice person, he basically was one who raised him and, and gave him the name Tomura Shigaraki and raised him to basically be the one who would be the leader of the League of Villains. Who we currently see as a terrifying villain and the one who is currently causing mass destruction currently at this time and early for those who have been catching up with the manga. But I'm curious to see how things are going to end up or at this time, even though with Tomura Shigaraki, even though he and he was harmless in the beginning, now we see him as someone who was completely destructive and possibly one that he is completely one that no one doesn't want to mess with. But I'm curious to know of who you think has the most tragic backstory of the ten. Let me know who you think. So, 
Who do you think has the most tragic backstory in My Hero Academia? Let me know in the questionnaire I'll post on Spotify at the end of the episode. Let me know who you think. I was supposed to poll at the end of the episode. Let me know who you think has the most tragic backstory in My Hero Academia as well. For those of you who have stuck around towards the entirety of the episode, thank you so much for listening. And as always, whether you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you. And stay awesome. Thank you for stopping by. I'll see you next time for a brand new episode. Later.